Welcome to this week's episode of the Maroon Weekly. It is third week of spring quarter. It is April 14th and it is snowing. But as always, I am Isaac. And I'm Ron. We've got a lot of interesting stories for you today, so we'll just jump right into it. To start things off, we had two protests on campus this week. The first one, organized by a group called Care Not Cops, is an organization affiliated with UChicago United, and they held a rally at noon on Wednesday, April 10th, outside Levi Hall, demanding that the university release its budget, specifically the funds allocated to the University of Chicago Police Department. I was actually at this rally recording some audio for a possible future podcast, so stay tuned for that. On April 3rd, the organization delivered a letter to President Zimmer outlining a list of demands to provide transparency regarding UCPD funding. The letter demands an account of what weapons were purchased and used by UCPD and the costs of patrolling a jurisdiction which contains over 65,000 residents, not all of whom are affiliated with UChicago. The letter argues that students have a vested interest in how the UCPD budget is spent, since student tuition is a large source of the university's revenue. Karanak Cops cited a well-publicized incident in which a UCPD officer shot a University of Chicago student in April of 2018 as an example of the need for greater accountability. The letter mentioned several examples of what they claim constitutes excessive force and racial profiling. The organization argues that the university must be held accountable for how much it spends on its private police force and how UCPD uses its budget. And finally, the organization's broader goal is to redirect some of UCPD's funding towards mental health resources for students and community members and investment in a better support system for students of color, which includes cultural centers and comparative race and ethnic studies departments. You mentioned another protest, Isaac. Right. So pro-Palestinian protesters interrupted a talk on Tuesday by visiting Professor Eugene Kontrovich, who was speaking about anti-boycott, divestment and sanctions, BDS laws, and their application under the First Amendment. A law school administrator repeatedly asked the protesters, who were not students at the university, to leave the room. They were eventually escorted out by the University of Chicago Police Department UCPD officers. Several students who witnessed the incident expressed frustration with the presence of police officers in the law school and questioned the university's application of free speech policy by allowing the protesters to be removed. In an email to law school students following the incident, Dean Todd said that because protesters disrupted the talk, they did violate university policies regarding free expression and were rightly removed in accordance with them. The protesters, who identified themselves as part of the Jewish Voice for Peace, entered the public event and sat in the back of the room, according to law students attending the talk. The protesters handed out pro-BDS literature calling for political action in response to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Minutes later, several more protesters entered with a Palestinian flag and a sign that read, No Occupation and Apartheid Right of Return. They began chanting, free, free Palestine, protesting is not a crime. So if this was a public event, why weren't they allowed to protest? Dean Todd explained why the protesters were allowed to be removed by the UCPD officers under university policies because, as the university student manual states in the Disciplinary System for Disruptive Conduct, there are limits to free expression. There are forms of expressive conduct that are not protected, including violations of the law, defamation of individuals, invasion of privacy or confidentiality, and disruption of ordinary university activities. And I assume that this class falls under the umbrella of invasion of privacy or disruption of ordinary university activities. And the protesters were then issued trespass warnings and, according to Todd's email, were asked to leave the law school. Speaking of the University of Chicago Law School, there was actually a talk delivered there last Tuesday by former president of the American Civil Liberties Union, Nadine Strassen, who discussed her new book with law school professor Jeffrey Stone. Her book is titled Hate, Why We Should Resist It with Free Speech, Not Censorship. So what did Strassen discuss in her talk? Strossen described how hate speech should not be censored, as that would prevent students from being able to listen, engage, and learn from discussion. 
She also described the difficulty associated with defining the term hate speech and described how censorship would simply harm groups that are part of the minority opinion. So what did Strosen say was an alternative to the censorship? Instead of censorship, Strosen advocates for counter speech. Strosen argues that if people restrain themselves from expressing certain words, they can more effectively challenge others' opinions and persuade others of their own opinion in counter speech. Keeping on that same theme of education, the university will offer a new health and society major program beginning next fall, initiated by faculty in the Department of Comparative Human Development. The minor is open to students of all majors and is intended to offer students the opportunity to explore social, political, and economic processes that shape individual and population health. So what are the requirements for this minor? The minor requires an introduction to health and society, which is a new class being offered next year, as well as four approved health and society minor courses. Introduction to health and society will introduce students to research approaches in the health sciences, as well as feature various social scientist guest lecturers throughout the quarter. Students who minor in health and society will also be invited to participate in additional events organized by the minor committee. So what are some of these events? The minor committee is currently exploring possible site visits, scholar talks, and master classes for students in the program. Classes approved to count towards the additional four courses may come from departments including anthropology, comparative human development, sociology, history, economics, public policy studies, and political science. Where can someone go to learn about this new minor? There's going to be an open house on the Health and Society minor, as well as other new social science minors being offered next fall on May 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. in the Social Science Research Building's second floor tea room. So while we're still on the subject of the college and academics, the physical science class titled Global Warming, Understanding the Forecast, one of the most popular classes offered at the university, is using a flipped class format, where most instruction is done through videos on an online platform known as Coursera, and class time is used for working through problems. Rather than having one big lecture led by a professor, students are broken into 13 individual sections led by a graduate student instructor. So why did the faculty decide to use this flipped classroom method? Professor David Archer, who taught global warming for many years, wanted to use this method to increase class attendance and reduce cheating. So how do these students feel about the change? While some students have been open to the change, some have expressed disappointment in not being able to be directly taught by a professor. So this past week, there was the Sasa show. Ram, you were actually in that, and I was actually in attendance. I found it to be very entertaining and very well put together, but do you want to say a thing about it? Yeah, so I just wanted to say that all of the acts worked really, really hard. We all practiced weekly for the show all throughout winter quarter. And then for the first week of spring quarter, right before the, the show on Saturday, we basically practiced every day. So everyone worked really hard. The show team worked really hard. And it was nice to see that everyone enjoyed the show. What acts were you in? I was in the Thummel Act uh, because I'm Thummel and I wanted to kind of explore that specific dance style a little bit more. What was your favorite act? I really liked uh, Ross. My roommate's in Ross, so yeah. I had a little bit of a connection to that. By the way, there is a new restaurant opening up on 53rd for vegetarian students and residents of Hyde Park called Can't Believe It's Not Meat. It's a new cafe from the owners of Lighthouse Grill, and it serves up vegan renditions on American classics. The meat, egg, and dairy-free restaurant opens Sunday, April 7th. Its menu features vegan renditions of American classics, including pasta, burgers, nachos, and hot dogs. Prices range from $7.75 for a Chicago Street hot dog to $16.95 for LA's chicken and waffles. The cafe is the fifth Hyde Park location from local restaurateur Rico Nance, who also runs Lighthouse Grill and Mickey's Diner. Can't Believe It's Not Meat sits next to Soul Shack, another Nance-owned property, 
which opened just last month and focuses on meat-heavy soul food dishes. So there's a lot of duality there. Yes. There's a vegan next to a, a, a meat-heavy restaurant. Additionally, Lighthouse Grill gives away 20 to 30 free meals daily to patrons who cannot pay, so you might as well support local business that does a lot for the community. And speaking of new restaurants opening, there is going to be a new Peaches that is going to open in Crayrar. Peaches restaurants offer specialty coffee, baked goods, and breakfast and lunch options. Peaches focuses on southern comfort food with entrees including shrimp and grits, duck bacon, biscuits and gravy, and fried chicken. And finally, the Booth School of Business has announced that their London campus will relocate to a larger facility in the city of London by spring quarter of next year. The move follows the university's recent expansions in Hong Kong and Paris. Booth's new campus will be located in One Bartholomew Close, a brand new office building in the center of London. The campus will be across the street from the Barback Underground Station, steps away from London's financial center, and a few tube stops away from many of London's other landmarks and business centers. The campus will continue to host Booth's executive MBA program as well as additional non-degree programming conferences and speaker series. And I think that is all we have for you today. Thank you very much for listening. As always, I'm Isaac. I'm Ron. Music for the weekly was produced in part by Aaron Senden, Andrew Dietz, and Kenny Talbot-LaVega. Thank you very much to the Logan Cage staff for the audio recording equipment, even though we're using my phone. <laughs> and we will be with you next week. See ya.